The Las Vegas Raiders have partnered with the global lifestyle app TrueConnect to give the gift of wellness. Transform your mind, body, and soul through thousands of hours of premium fitness content, guided meditations, progress tracking, and more. Visit tcfree.fit to redeem one free year of TrueConnect exclusively for Raider Nation. Karma Automotive, Forbes Magazine's most anticipated luxury electric vehicle. Karma Automotive is a luxury EV brand designed and manufactured in California. Proud sponsor and official luxury vehicle of the Las Vegas Raiders. Charge the motion beyond EV. Karma Automotive. The game is over, but we're just getting started. You're listening to The Fifth Quarter, presented by Twitch on the Raiders Podcast Network. Well, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays, Raider Nation. How about that? Eddie Pascal hanging out with my guy Jason Fitz in the fifth quarter presented by Twitch. And Fitz, your Las Vegas Raiders just went on the road and beat the Kansas City Chiefs 20-14 to to not only ruin Christmas for Patrick Mahomes and company, but keep the slim playoff hopes alive. And we have a lot to get into the, into the, with this game, Fitz, but... Wow, I think is the appropriate place to start. You look at the stats, it wasn't very pretty. The Raiders dominated that line of scrimmage. They bullied the Chiefs. Where do you want to begin, my friend? Uh, I want to begin by skipping around and singing, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Because yeah, let's yeah. be honest, man, Like we did not see this coming. Oh, no, no way, no way. Nobody saw this coming, and I think we have to be real. So I, I'm, I'm going to go back and early plug one of my shows, uh, Yahoo Sports. I do Sunday Night Blitz, and last night I was asked what I expected. So we're, we're taping last night late on Christmas Eve. What were my expectations for today? And I said, you know what? We know a few things. We know Kelsey's always going to get his. He didn't. We know that Mahomes is always going to get his. He did, but, man, this defense was amazing. And I said this, and we know that if somehow, some way, there's a miracle here and the Raiders get this win, Antonio Pierce is getting this job. Like, to me, this wasn't just a win. This was the sort of win that changes the entire trajectory of where the franchise is going to go for the next three years. This is the win that says we're not that far off. This is the win that says, oh, my God, we have the right pieces here. This is the win that says we got the right guys on the sideline. This is the win that says we got the guys playing the right way. Like, in an overreactionary world, right now, as we sit in this second not only did the Raiders beat the Chiefs, they beat the Chiefs handily. This wasn't one of those Kansas City gave away the game. The Raiders' defense came to play, and I have a hard time walking away from what we just saw and not thinking that this team is five times better than I thought they were three weeks ago. Yeah, I, I mean, surprise in the best possible way is, is kind of where I begin. I, I mean, like the one thing that you and I have talked about a lot, and, and we knew that it was going to happen, perhaps not to this case, but this defense has traveled in 2023. Patrick Graham, I know I do it every week, Jason Fitz. Round of applause for Patrick Graham and what he has done yet again. I mean, this dude is fully in the matrix at the moment. But I did not anticipate the level of defensive intensity, the level of defensive excellence that came from Pat Graham's group today. Fitz, they scored 14 points in seven seconds. Seven seconds! We do have some fantastic trivia regarding that uh, later in the show, Fitz. But... What this defense has done, and we have talked about it time and time again, they have become the catalyst for the 2023 Las Vegas Raiders. They have the heartbeat of the 2023 Las Vegas Raiders. And this defense packed their bags yesterday here in Las Vegas. They flew out to Kansas City, and they won this football game. They took down the biggest, baddest dude in the yard in Patrick Mahomes, and they are flying back to Vegas as we speak 7-8. and eight. And in, like to your point, 
We are now in the midst of it feels like a franchise-defining, franchise-changing kind of moment for the Las Vegas Raiders. And the fact that it happened on Christmas and we can celebrate? Let me hang on. Let me see, let me see this, Fitz. Let's see if I can turn the... This is how I'm feeling right now. Can I do it? Can I do it? No, you can do it. What are you doing? Oh, oh, the sweater lights up. Oh, my God. What are we doing? Just like the Raiders what? defense, Fitz. Just like the oh Raiders defense. Incredible. Uh, I mean, you- it really is hard to overstate just how good they were today, but how good they've been all 2023. Let me turn this off. There we go. Uh, do you have? I would have kept it on. That's just, uh, uh, yeah, it'll mess with the lights. I don't want to make it harder for the guys in post production. You get it. But. That's fair. I got holiday hoobie whaty going uh, uh, because I expected to be Grinched today, and instead I end the show. Uh, I, I end this you know day feeling like the Grinch did at the end of the movie. Uh, I, a couple of shout outs on defense, if if you if, if you will allow me. Number one, can we at this point establish? I think we can say right now we know today. Malcolm Coons has become the the side cop, right? Like he's the other guy. Like mm-hmm. you got you got good cop, bad cop. I don't know which one Max is, but the other one's Malcolm Coons at this point. Like he's feasting on matchups that favor him because so much attention is paid to Max, who is still every bit as disruptive as we always expected he would be. Malcolm Coons is to me. It looks like one of those guys that you bank on. You're bringing back next year, and he's going to be a starter. Go ahead. Uh, quick, uh, quick stat line for Malcolm Coons today: fits six tackles, three sacks, four quarterback hits, and four tackles for loss. Continue. I mean, that just think about that, and and it wasn't even just the sacks. It, it, because I want to be fair and reasonable here. I don't love to overanalyze sacks. There's so much that goes into a sack. It was the disruption. Even on the long third, and you may remember this play, long third, Mahomes rolling out, sort of had to throw the ball. Receiver was coming back to it, came up a yard short, created fourth and one and a half. That fourth and one and a half came because Malcolm Coons was right up in the rib cage of Patrick Mahomes, right? Like that, that's the level of, of absolute greatness. And then you talk about the two defensive touchdowns. Yet again, 18. I mean, I saw you tweet it. Best offseason edition, midseason edition we've seen in... How long? I the, mean, the uh, the one unbelievable. That, the one that keep that kept getting brought up, Fitz, and and I hesitate to even go here because I don't think it's fair to Jack. But uh, Mike Haynes is the one that I had a, a lot of people tweet back at me. And and look, if you're in a conversation in a legitimate way with Mike Haynes, uh, you're doing a good job. But I, I digress. You go for it. No, but I think that that's it speaks to something. But there was also a key moment here because what have we seen from AP? Antonio Pierce is is wanting people to play on the edge and the edge with accountability. Mm-hmm. I thought it was key when you saw AP out on the field trying to talk, talk Jack back. Hey, too much emotion at that point. After the interception, too much emotion. And we always talk about poking the belly of the bear with Mahomes, all those things. How do you find that line? I fact, thought the fact that the coaching staff was right up in his face. They were right up in the, hey, you need to walk it back. You need to calm it down. But they didn't take him off the field. It still just showed a trust. Like, there is so much trust in these defensive guys to make plays. I it's stunning, and and the word I've used with you too many times, but I'll use it again today, is swarm. Like, there is an explosiveness with which they react to what they're seeing. It just feels like they're better prepared, and because they're better prepared, and I can't believe I'm saying that, they are better prepared, they are seeing the play before it happens, and then they are trusting their instincts to get there. Across the board, it feels like there's a turbo button to this entire defense that we haven't seen in years. Like, the, the level of pace to this defense is mind-blowing. Uh, real quick, because I want to get back to, back to Malcolm Coons in a sense and just kind of put like a historical context on what we saw from him today. But you and I were texting about it way back when in October, when when the coaching change happened, obviously the, the change at the top. And, and I remember texting you and you said, okay, like what's realistic out of the next what, 12 weeks or whatever it was at the time? 
And I said, look, you know, I want the team to compete, blah, blah, blah. But I said, really, my biggest hope, and I remember I sent this to you and a handful of other people. I said, I just want Antonio Pierce to make the Raiders cool again. That's what I want. That is my goal for the rest of 2023. Make the Raiders cool again. Get that swag back. Make it. Make sure we're the biggest badasses on the block again. And give him credit, man, because you see Max walking around. You see Jack Jones rocking around. You see Robert Spillane doing his thing. I mean, there is no doubt that on Christmas, it is very, very cool to wear the silver and black. And Antonio, Antonio Pierce deserves so much credit for that. Obviously, the players in that locker room buying in to what he's preaching. But, man, I mean, today is just kind of the, the, the embodiment of that fit. Going on the road, it's cold. No one likes you in Kansas City. No one expects you in the national media. Go back to Raiders.com and look at the game picks. Not one person picked the Raiders to win this game. Not a single person. And what did the Raiders do? They went in there. So they swagged their way into Kansas City, and they're swagging their way home with a bit with a huge W fits. So I think for me, mission accomplished in that regard. The Raiders are cool again, right? We talk about NWA. We talk about smoking the cigars. We talk about the fact that the coach— and our coach has a cooler card than your coach. Like, all that stuff matters, right? And I mean that in the best possible sense. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily equate to winning on the field sometimes, but today it did. And, man, Antonio Pierce, I can't say enough about what he has done with this group. Going back to Malcolm Coons uh, for just a sec, Jason Fitz, let's see how good your Raiders history is. Malcolm Coons is the first Raider to have three sacks in a game against the Kansas City Chiefs since. And I will give you one clue. The gentleman who did it, did it in 2010. Who is this Raider? Oh, my God. I have no idea. Like, I was literally going to go with Greg Townsend. That was the one that came to mind, which would be a pull way mm, into the 90s. I remember him as a kid, he had some big games. I don't 2010? So that's like our one other good year over the course of the last however. Uh, I don't, don't sleep know. on 2016 either. Don't sleep on 2016. No, no, yes. no, that's 16. Yes, 10 and 6. Like, 10 was a pretty good year. Uh, I don't know. Who, who who do you like? Who we have Raiders legend Camarion Wimbley, Jason Fitz, ten or excuse me, not ten sacks, three sacks against the Kansas City Chiefs, and then Tommy Kelly did it uh, in Week Nine of two thousand and five. Yeah, okay, Tommy Kelly. Uh, like Wimbley was one of those interesting ones. Everybody remembers like he had a few big games, and then it was like pay the man, and all of a sudden it didn't go particularly well after that. Like that that puts you in elite company. And I'll, I'll go back to something that that hits on both Koontz. And on AP, uh, you felt the tone. And I, I genuinely believe football can be won by asserting dominance in tone. The opening drive for the Chiefs where they were sacked twice in the oh. first three plays, that was all like, and Malcolm Koontz was right there in the middle. Like you had Max disrupt, you had Koontz disrupt in two of the first three plays. That just to me was setting a tone from the outset of we're not scared and that's an interesting difference like the defense did not seem like they were worried like Rasheed Rice went off when they played a few weeks ago obviously Kelsey always is a problem and something that you and I learned together a few weeks ago when I was out in Vegas as we were in the car I was talking to Raider great Eric Allen and Eric Allen said sometimes what you need especially when you're taking on somebody like uh, Kelsey, you need continuity because he said you got to remember that that game was the first time even no matter what you've seen on tape that's the first time that Spillane has seen Kelsey in person, right? And he kept saying that what the great thing about your rivals is that you play them more, and as a defense, you figure out better and better how to slow them down. I felt like you could actually feel some of that in this mm -hmm. game. Like, Kelsey's double moves did not lead to the usual, now I have a ton of space in the middle. Like, the communication, there was one big breakdown. The communication the rest of the way by this defense was just, it was mind-blowing. Yeah, I mean, we look at Kelsey's line fits, five catches for 44 yards. 
I'll take that any day of the week. Any single day of the week, man. I mean, that was and no back, no backbreakers. Like no. five catches, forty-four yards. There wasn't a moment. There were he had a couple of nice plays. Where yeah, he bullied his way in, but but like there wasn't the oh son of a biscuit. Here we go. There goes Kelsey. Like that just didn't happen in this game. No, it certainly did not. And if you're a fan of this team, that has got to be a pleasant surprise and a very merry Christmas present indeed to have have it not be Travis Kelsey. Uh, I want to shift to the offensive side of the football for just a sec, Fitz. We look at the numbers here, and they are candidly bizarre as they they tend to be sometimes the Raiders ran for 157 yards they threw for 62 Aiden O'Connell did not complete a pass outside of the first quarter right we can dissect that and what does that mean in the grand scheme of things blah 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 I'm sure there'll be plenty of time for that but I think the biggest thing for me fits is especially in that second half and Antonio Pierce referenced it in his press conference he goes you know especially in that second half it was very clear what the Raiders wanted to do They wanted to run the football. Everyone in that stadium knew the Raiders wanted to run that football. Andy Reid and his staff knew the Raiders wanted to run that football. Everyone here in this studio, in this facility today, said, Raiders got to run the ball to be successful. Everyone knew, and they were still able to do it. The Raiders averaged five and a half yards a carry, Fitz. Five and a half. Zamir White, career uh, career high, 22 for 145, averages 6.6 yards per carry. What did we learn about Zamir White this afternoon? Uh, chunk yardage in the fourth quarter, I thought was big for Zamir, but also vision, man. Like, here's the thing. I was the first after the Thursday night game to say, Hey, let's wait a second because stopping the run to a certain level is an effort issue. And the chargers gave up. You can feel that. So there were a couple of plays when you go back and watch the all 22, where Zamir looked like he could have been stopped in the backfield. He does. He, he wasn't stopped, but I think in part that was because the chargers were already on vacation. So I really came into this with, much lower expectations. The fact that he still ran very patient, waited for the blocking to develop in front of him and found positive plays, even when there wasn't much to be had uh, early on in the game. I thought it was really refreshing to see him stop at the line, but be able to drive the whole pile three or four yards. I, I just, this is what Zamir wants. Like this is Zamir's opportunity to show the the league and show this team that he should be the back next year. And you can't tell me that everybody doesn't understand what's on the line. Like this isn't just beating the chiefs. This is beating your biggest division opponent that you have to show. You can compete with 10 days after you beat the, you know what out of the chargers. Who's also in your division. And in both of those games, Amir white ran the football really well. Like, those are things that we turn into building blocks. Like the fact that they take on the Broncos in two weeks is a building block opportunity doing this against the AFC West when they know what's coming in the fourth quarter, when they knew that there was no faith in Aiden O'Connell to throw the football, they were stacking the box with everybody. Kudos to Zamir for his vision, for his patience, kudos for the line to keeping it together too. And I apologize. I was doing some quick calculations while you were talking there. Fitz over the past two weeks, the Raiders are averaging 140.5 rushing yards a game. That will do. And, and AP brought up another great point in his postgame where he was obviously asked about Zamir. He was asked about the running game. And he goes, look, yes, hats off to Zamir. Dude's playing out of his mind. Has made the most of his opportunity without Josh Jacobs on the, uh, on the field for the time being. But he goes, it's also Thayer Mumford stepping, stepping in at left tackle. You and I were talking pregame. Okay, Colton's active. We see him for just that one play when Jermaine goes down. But he goes, you know, it's, it's Thayer at left tackle. It's Dylan Parham being able to slide over to center. It's Jordan Meredith being on the interior. It's Andre James coming back. Now, you're doing all of this with a rookie quarterback and a second-year running back. 
That to me, when you look at it in totality, because you look at the numbers and the numbers are great, right? 160 yards on the ground, you're able to dominate there, six yards of carry, whatever it was. But the fact that you're able to zoom out and see all these little pieces that go into it, that to me is perhaps the more exciting part fits and where I think, okay, this is now sustainable past a week, past two weeks, really going into 2024. This is what the Raiders want to do. And, they're, and when they're able to do it, this is a pretty good football team. I don't know... Uh, here's what I know about Thayer Mumford coming out because um, I talked to a couple of my offensive line buddies when he was drafted and the concept was pretty simple on him. Huge size needs real technique development, great speed, great lateral quickness. All of these things they talk about for big boys. Uh, I, I don't know that there's a better situation for the organization than what's happened over the course of this year, because he's gotten a run on both sides on the tackle situation where he's needed to, he's come in and this isn't the first game where he's had to step in for Colton and has done it at a very, high level like Thayer Mumford I think has proven that he's going to go into next year's camp with an opportunity to start somewhere on this line I give Illuminor some credit for holding him off yeah, over absolutely. the course of this season but you know and you mentioned Parra moving inside I, I told you a long time ago I think at some point when he, center is the long-term answer for him there are moments here where you can look at it and say okay okay this is actually starting to gel together in a way that makes a lot of sense and I also think there's a bit of a Whatever the rhythm is of this offense right now, they are running the football well because the, the blocking seems simplified. The guys are just pushing forward. So obviously on a game where they didn't throw the ball much and where, you know, a combination of Aiden held it too long, Aiden seemed a little inaccurate and the defense was getting after him. The offensive line was able to hone in on one thing they knew they'd be able to crush at. And that was moving the line of scrimmage, running the football. That was, that was a work of art. And feel sustainable moving forward. Like why can that offensive line not play that way next week against the Colts in Indy? Like I, there is no reason. You know, one thing, and you and I talked about this a little bit last week, but I feel like it's kind of been the conversation that we we've had collectively over the past, I mean, 10 days now since Thursday night, as crazy as that sounds, it's, who are the 2023 Raiders fits? Are they the team that put up 63 on the chargers or are they closer to the team that got goose egged at home? Right. Today feels like a pretty clear answer to that question. They are closer to the team that put up 63 points on a division rival. They are now a team that can go on the road, go into one of the most hostile places, one of the loudest places in the NFL, dominate, be bullies, be on the front foot, not have a whole lot cooking offensively in terms of the air game, and still find a way to win. So for me, yes, we got two games left. And, and look, I talked about it a bunch. Until there's a little E next to your name on NFL.com or whatever, you got to keep playing. You never know what's going to happen. But what an illuminating day for the Raiders. What a moment of clarity. What a four hours of clarity that says, okay, we know who the Raiders are now. Let me let me also, while we're there for a second, I, like, look, we got so much positivity. If, if the positivity bothers you right now, uh, just, you know, go be Grinch somewhere else. Um, also, great, uh, great Grinch moment from Jack Jones, too, with the fake out to the child. Yeah. I, and oh, yeah, I, don't no. ad, I don't advocate bullying the children, Fitz, but that, that did make me laugh a little. I mean, it did. I thought it was kind of funny. Um, here's the thing that I think you can answer under AP. Who are these Raiders? Like, not just the identity of what's 2022, what's 2023. Mm -hmm. These Raiders, like I said, defensively, they play hard. They hit hard. They, they, they play fast to it. They're willing to take some mistakes if that's what it takes to make big plays, which you can see palpably. That's why the turnovers are up. Guys are charging towards what they see. There's no hesitation. So they're willing to take risk. 
They also have a very short memory defensively. There's a power to all of it. Who are the Raiders offensively? I still think, to your point, they're a run-first team that has a lot of weapons that is still trying to find their rhythm and how to use it with a quarterback that's got a lot of learning to do. I think those are all fair statements. But here's the thing you know. You know that when this Raiders team walks into the building, they are going to take every blow you give them and they're going to get back up. This feels like a very rocky football team, like in the sense of like the movie, like maybe there are big warts, but it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like they take the punch and they punch back. And I, that hasn't always been the case. That certainly wasn't the case in the previous regime. It didn't feel like there was this punching moment. Like this was a 20 to seven win. And if you want to be negative, Nancy, you can say, well, the offense didn't really get any points, but also if you want to be positive, Polly, you can look at it and see, they took a knee with two minutes left mm -hmm. at the 10 yard line because they decided let's just, and they mercy ruled the chiefs at the end of the game in Arrowhead. You can't tell me that that doesn't, and, and on a drive where, my God, the offense had to step up, they got it done. Like, whatever this team needs to do, they do. And, and we will spend all year regretting one or two losses over the course of the season because the, the whole thing would look differently. But to your point, they play the Colts, who right now have the last seed in the playoffs in the AFC, according to NFL.com. They play the Colts next week. You want to make the playoffs that path is still there. The probability is not high. There's a lot in the way. The path is still out there. And what we're learning is that this team doesn't give a damn. It wasn't that long ago. Smart writers that cover the Raiders, and I do mean smart, were saying they should shut everybody down. There was no point. And now you sit with two games left, and the playoffs are at least possible, and guys are out there winning jobs and changing the entire perception. That's the point. This Raiders team plays like the point is to beat you every Sunday and let the rest work itself out. Meaningful football. That is, if you're a fan of any team, that is your only hope, Fitz. He's like, yes, winning the Super Bowl is great, but I want to be playing meaningful football during the holidays, after the holidays. Look, the Raiders now go to Indianapolis, to your point, Fitz. On, is that a New Year's Eve or a New Year's Day, fan? What do we got? Uh, surrounding New Year's, and they're playing meaningful football. They are in it. Now, the shot might be a long one. The statistics might say, hey, they don't have much of a chance. But they're playing meaningful football. And for a team that has had many as many ups and downs as the 2023 Las Vegas Raiders have, man, this is, let us not forget and what happened week one to this team, right? Week one, three days before the game, four days before the game, you lose one of your best players on the defensive side of the football. The, the coaching yep. change. There's been so many things that have happened to the Raiders. And credit to Max Crosby, credit to Josh Jacobs, Devontae for keeping this group together. And look, man, it's going to get weird, but it's going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, if you're a Raiders fan, you just have to enjoy it, Fitz. You have to enjoy this moment because we have waited a very long time for a moment like this in Arrowhead. And uh, we got to celebrate it, right? I, I think also uh, something I've said to you, I think privately and publicly, is that I don't want whatever decisions could have been made regarding Rich Passaccia, I don't want to decide Antonio Pierce. I think it's very important to remember that these are two very different teams, two very different years, two very different situations. All I have asked for through this whole process is whatever the process looks like for Mark Davis, I want him to be thorough and make sure he's getting the right guy. That's all I've ever asked. I don't care. That doesn't, so nothing about Rich Passaccia influences what I'm saying right now. What I am saying right now is that it is hard to watch Antonio Pierce today and not feel like he's found the pulse of a locker room, which I believe is the single most important thing a head coach has to do. The second most important thing you have to do is you have to find great coordinators. And I would argue right now that there's a ton of fans listening to this show 
that a year ago were begging for the Raiders to make a change at defensive coordinator. And now I'm looking at it saying, my God, how could you? Like this defense did not win a lot of games on paper coming into this season. And now they sit as I think one of the more dominant and difficult defenses to deal with in the entire playoff hunt moving forward. There is plenty to work out on the offensive side of the ball. And I would be interested to see what the long-term plan for AP looks like, who he's going to bring in, how it all looks. But today, after you do that to the Chargers, after you do that to the Chiefs at Arrowhead, man, all I want as a fan is to feel hope at the end of a season and say, you know what? There's still something to build on here. I haven't, I never expected to feel this kind of hope today. And it comes from watching what they just did. And I think for me, Fitz, and look, I've said this a million times. I'm a firm believer in like, hey, it doesn't matter how you got there. If you win the game, you win the game. If you lose the game, you lose the game, right? Not a big moral victories or, hey, the guys tried really hard today kind of guy. There were a few moments to me, and I'll kind of contradict myself immediately after saying that. There were a few moments in this game where you go, oh boy, are the Chiefs going to chief? Is Mahomes going to do yes. just enough? There's a few of them, right? We look at that uh, uh, some of those penalties, which I don't want to get anyone in trouble here, but come on, come on. Uh, there's a few of those. Patrick Mahomes just does just enough in the backfield. He escapes, he runs, he does this, he does that. And you go... Oh, God. Much like a Christmas movie or a Christmas story, I've seen this movie way too many times, particularly in December. But the Raiders didn't allow that to happen. Yes, Mahomes had his moments of magic. Yes, Kelsey got a loose a little bit. Yes, there was the trick play. But they, the Raiders did not allow that to take them to the ground. Right. And, and so I think that, yes, you had to beat the Chiefs. And it doesn't matter if you turn the ball over nine times and you won by one. The Raiders took the Chiefs' best shot today they had the moments Patrick Mahomes had his moments but the Raiders did just enough to get by that and I think in a big sense right as we zoom out Fitz I think that matters I think that the Raiders were able to go into Arrowhead and clearly not play their best game offensively and are still flying back to Las Vegas with a W I think that matters I think how the win happened matters I think that it, the way that it happened the time of the year that it happened I think it all matters when we look at the 2023 Las Vegas Raiders I also, uh, yes, you're right. Everything you said is brilliant. I want to remind the world that this game was at home for the Chiefs with everything on the line. Yeah. Remembering, this is my favorite Patrick Mahomes stat everybody overuses. Take a drink every time you hear it. My guy has never played a true playoff game on the road in his entire career. And the top overall seed in the AFC was still there. It was still there for them to fight for. This was not an unmotivated team. This was not a team that had nothing to play for. And very clearly, this was not the Chiefs finding a way to lose a football game. That happens. Sometimes teams just get in their own way. This was the Raiders going out and beating the Chiefs. Like, there's there's just a difference to me. And to your point, the number of times that I as a fan said, here we go again, especially with Mahomes. I think that's yeah. natural. You never got that feel from the team. There was never a tightness from the team. And when the game got to 20 to 14, and I'm sitting there thinking, oh God, now an offense that hasn't done anything, all quarter, all half, that offense is going to have to keep Mahomes off the field for the rest of the game. Sweet baby Lord. Like I was looking over and thinking, am I going to have to text Teddy and be like, dude, I'm going to be a little drunk by the time we do this. I don't know if I can make my way through it. Right. Like I wasn't sure I was going to go for the offense and Zamir particularly to get the ball and then, eat the rest of the game. Like my God, mm -hmm. a year ago, we were sitting here repeatedly saying, my, can the, can the defense just make a stop at the end of the, can the defense find a way to get off the field? 
this year, it's been, can the offense find a way to not make this more difficult? They, they did that drive, man. That was a chef's kiss drive and a chef's kiss moment for a team that easily could have folded against a team that had everything on the line against Mahomes, and none of it felt too big for the Raiders. And that, that that's just that I don't care what anybody says. That is different. That is different than it felt in week two. That is different than it felt last year. That is different than it has felt under prior regimes. There is a different swagger to this team. Uh, and Antonio Pierce said, he goes, it's the best best thing to do in football. Everyone knows in the stadium that you're going to run it. And you, what do you do? You run it, and then you take three knees to end the football game. Doesn't get better than that, particularly on a holiday with the entire NFL world watching fits. We got two of these left. All right, Raiders sitting at 7-8. and eight. Uh, We heard a lot about it on the broadcast, about how the Raiders are still alive, what this means for the Chiefs, what this means for the real, uh, the whole AFC playoff picture. Okay, I don't want to get too deep into the numbers and, and doing full, you know, going minority report style and moving the numbers around, things like that. What do we need to see these final two weeks from your Las Vegas Raiders? Yes, what do, we want to make the playoffs. Yes, you want to keep, the, uh, keep this magical little adventure alive. But going back on the road now on a short week to Indy, what do we need to see from the Raiders in six days' time? I think what the Raiders have to do now is maintain. Mm-hmm. Like uh, you need to see, we need to see that this identity maintains its way through. We need to see the swarming defense. We need to see the electric pass rush. We need to see the offensive line, hold up the run game. Continue. You need to see that uh, this is going to be a unique challenge coming up against the Colts too, because they are even without Anthony Richardson as their quarterback, Shane Steichen loves to run a very RPO heavy eye discipline offense, right? So it's going to take a lot of discipline from guys like Spillane and divine Diablo Trayvon Merrick, like guys are going to have to be in the right spot. They're going to have to trust the film study on a short week, which is asking a lot. And then you're going to take on a Broncos team at the end of the year that again, because it's a division rival that will also likely have a ton on the line. Like, look, we have to acknowledge the Raiders do not control their own destiny, but we also have to acknowledge that the team that they are playing on Sunday is the team that is ahead of them in the standings right now. Do they need a bunch of other teams to lose? Yes. But if you're the Raiders, man, you got to come out and find a way to keep doing what you're doing well. In a beautiful world, could we see everything click for Aiden? Maybe. I think there's a short-term and a long-term conversation about whether Aiden O'Connell can be the quarterback for this team moving forward. I have my doubts. Whether Aiden O'Connell is the the quarterback that can get them to the playoffs? I mean... We'll see. I, that's just part of it. You got to see more development of the offense, but that's asking a lot in these last two weeks. So you're going to have to ask the defense to continue to play at this level. Yeah. And I agree hundred percent. What do I want to see over the last two weeks, particularly on Sunday in Indy consistency, baby, keep doing it again and again and again, brick by brick day by day and just dominant defensive performance after dominant defensive performance fits incredible on the way out though i teased it at the top some jack jones history raiders history jack jones is the first raider with back-to-back games with a pick six since who namdi asamoah Ooh, gotta go back a little bit further than that Mm, eric allen maybe our bang light it up light it up here we go yeah there it is eric allen in the year 2000 who's on the other side of this wall dominating raiders uh raiders post game live what a guy he does it all he does it all uh on the way out though fits 30 seconds of plugs where can the people find you 
Uh, check out the Yahoo Sports app. We're doing a ton of content out there. Got a lot of NFL shows that go up there, video on demand, and we also clip out. We talk about every single game, not just the Cowboys. So check us out. I'm just saying. Oh, uh, throw a little shade at yeah. some people. Um, so yeah, you can check out every game there and also Fox Sports Radio. I'll actually be tomorrow morning. I'm filling in on the Fox Sports Radio morning show super early. Let's go. Like, uh, but on Saturdays, you can always check me out hanging out with the fellas. And then, you know, basically I'm just Eddie's plus one to everything at the Super Bowl. He hasn't uh, necessarily known that yet, but uh, I'm I'm his plus one to all the parties. I'll be oh, out there, there we all week. Go. So hey, a midweek party is tough for your boy though, man. Like, look, even a Friday night party is tough for me these days with an eight-month-old, but a midweek. Ooh, you might have to have twice as much fun for both of us. How about it's that? It's Super Bowl week. I you know. just walk in. You walk in. You get me in as your plus one, and then boom, we get you <laughs> and then, out the back door. And then I get to go home and get my eight hours. That's it. I, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Uh, and I'm fine with everything that we saw today, Jason Fitz, man. What a uh, incredible start. Or I guess we're about halfway through Christmas for everyone. So on that note, for Eddie Pascal, my guy Jason Fitz, everyone else at Silver and Black Productions, happy holidays, Raider Nation. Merry Christmas. Enjoy the gift. It does not get much better than this. And we will see you guys next week. Same time, same place for our next episode of The Fifth Quarter. Thank you for listening to The Fifth Quarter, presented by Twitch. Make sure to download the Raiders mobile app and we'll see you next week.